Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ACC Tailgate right here on Chris Landry Football. I am your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. Uh, and welcome back. I uh, hope you guys had a great holiday. Uh, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate, wherever you celebrate it, whoever you celebrate it with. <sighs> that was a mouthful. I uh, hope you had a great time, great holiday. I know I did. Uh, ate very well, as most of us did i would assume had about three solid days worth of celebrating started friday with christmas eve our christmas eve traditions uh christmas day obviously ate again uh and then for me personally the day after christmas ate again because i had another christmas uh get together up in virginia uh i live in north carolina context we we go to virginia uh, to visit my parents' side. Both of my parents' family lives in Virginia in the Martinsville area, so we usually go up there on Christmas Day. So this was actually the first year of my entire life that I've actually celebrated Christmas Day at home. So that was kind of fun, you know, didn't really have to travel anywhere. And then we actually did our traveling the day after Christmas. Uh, so eight again, three straight days, and I am... <sighs> gassed i'm actually pretty happy with myself so basically how i did it this year because in years past as in at in, in years past i've kind of lost my way as far as my fitness and nutrition around the holidays you know i've i've tend to you know you get into the holiday eating and then you know you've got leftovers and they're staring at you every time you open the fridge and, you know, I just would snack and pick at it and really just kind of lost my way and, and would gain a lot of weight. And I'm really happy this year with how I did. Like I just said, uh, one massive meal per day of celebrating. And then once it's done, it's done. And I, I feel pretty happy about myself. I don't, I don't know how you guys approach that, but I feel pretty happy about, um, how, uh, I handled that this year. Definitely got, definitely got all. I could eat, though. I'll say that. I mean, between pizza, that's on Christmas Eve, between ham, turkey, fudge, f- 
Fudge is the big one for me too. Uh, couldn't beat it. Just couldn't beat it. Welcome into our first viewer. But that was basically my holiday, and um, it went very well. Uh, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be more thankful. Uh, you know, e- you know, it's funny. Even it's been obviously it's it's almost like cliche up to this point, but it's just that much of a fact. It's been a very um, it's been a very rough and interesting year. Obviously, worse for others than others. You know, for me personally, I really didn't have a lot of people close to me be affected by, you know, the things going on this year. Others lost most everything. I mean, it just it just depends on your situation. So, you know, I, I say that, you know, if you are in a situation where you didn't have anybody close to you ha- have anything affect you with COVID, like you're in a good spot, a very good spot, because a lot of people can't say that. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to shit on 2020 just because it's 2020. It's kind of the thing you do now. But I got to be honest with you, those years where and those moments and times in life, and I know I'm kind of getting philosopher to start the show on ACC tailgate. But it's so true. It's like I've always kind of oper- – well, I haven't always operated this way. I've learned to operate this way that life happens – for you and not to you. Uh, And when you have that type of outlook, you're able to kind of take the things that happen, good or bad, and use them to your advantage. And I always say, I mean, don't crap on the year that woke you up. Don't don't crap on the experience that woke you up and really changed you for the better. So be grateful for that. I know I'm great and good or bad. I'm great. You know, I've had bad experiences. I've had great experiences. I've had both. And I'm thankful for everything that put me right here in this seat right now with all of you. So take that for what it's worth. Um, A lot of football today. Uh, A lot of bowl games coming up to look forward to. Obviously, we had a lot of NFL this weekend. A lot of basketball on Christmas Day. That was fun. Uh, I know my basketball came the last two days when the Hornets played. Had that dunk taste kd from terry rogier i know y'all saw that that jam that poster that terry rogier put kd on hornets fan uh but yeah a lot of uh football to get into i have to i have to go there i have to mention it nc state upset carolina in basketball Just let that simmer for a second. I'm gonna be hearing that about. I'm gonna be hearing about that from NC State fans for um, ever, because th- if there's one thing that you know, UNC NC State is not the rivalry it used to be, especially in basketball. Uh, you know, doesn't even close. Doesn't even come close to the Duke Carolina rivalry. But you know, if there's one thing that us UNC fans like to kind of shit on NC State fans about. It's the fact that I don't remember the exact streak, but Roy NC State does not beat us in basketball. It just doesn't happen. I don't remember what the stat specifically was. I remember I looked it up last year, but it was some ridiculous streak that Roy Williams had against NC State wins, obviously, and 
I'm pretty sure that was snapped the other day when NC State beat us. So, um, you know, you have to acknowledge it. I mean, this is an ACC show. I'm a Carolina fan. But you have to suck it up. I've told you guys this numerous times. Like, I'm a Carolina fan to my core. But... I'm also I also take pride in being able to be objective when it comes to these things and I got to say I mean they beat us kudos all <coughs> kudos state fans state fans Devin Daniels put on a show that night he's good I saw him play up close and personal a lot of times last year when I was covering a lot of NC state games when I lived in Raleigh I mean Devin Daniels is good. He's good. Uh, he's got a lot of – well, last year he had a lot of potential. This year he's kind of showing it. So, kudos, State fans. Congrats. Enjoy your game, and we'll keep winning, winning rings. So, um, take that one to the bank. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, Duke – Women's basketball decided to compl- to shut down as of now. Uh, I you know for COVID reasons reasons obviously I don't know the details behind that. Uh, I just saw it in passing and heard about it uh, in passing the other day, uh, and I assume that they've shut it down. Com- I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know the details. I assume they've shut the season down completely. I don't know if it's completely or if it's just for the time being until maybe they decide to pick it up i would assume it's done uh i'm I'm not obviously it's for covid but i don't know specifically what happened that led to that you know i mean because obviously coach k talked about it you know several weeks ago about how he didn't like how things you know it felt like we were just trying to push our way through this ncaa basketball season uh maybe it was just they had enough maybe they had an outbreak i don't know uh feel free to you know, let us know in the comments, but they have shut down uh, Duke Pitt. That's been canceled. Uh, Coach K was going to go up against uh, Coach Capel, who's now the head coach at Pitt, used to be an assistant at Duke, uh, you know, kind of a mentor-mentee type relationship those two have. That's canceled. Uh, well, it might be – I don't know if it's postponed or canceled, but they ain't playing right now. So, uh, also, Miami fan – well, Depending on who you ask, Miami fans got a nice little uh, Christmas present uh, when they found out over the weekend that De'Eric King, quarterback for Miami, uh, has decided to come back uh, for his last season. He it, He's technically a season, but because of everything that happened with COVID this year, uh, I believe, I don't know if it's seniors specifically or just every player across the board, but they get an extra year of eligibility um, because of COVID and everything going on and just the the, se- the way the season's been. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's – I don't know if that's just every player, regardless of class across the board. I don't know if that's just seniors. Or it could just be if you've been affected by COVID, if you've had to sit out a period of time because of COVID, which I believe De'Eric King did earlier in the season. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he might have. I don't know. It might just be specifically 
for players who missed time due to COVID. So uh, do, do a little homework on that and find out. But the moral of the story is Miami is getting the Eric King back one more year next year. Um, I was kind of surprised. There was, there was mixed emotions about it among um, Miami fans. You know, I saw a lot of, oh, great, another another mediocre season. I saw a lot of UNC fans getting in there saying, oh, can't wait to beat up on them again, which I concur. Can't wait to beat up on them again because Carolina's going to be better next year, and we already whipped your butt one time. Done that. Um, but me personally, I think it's great for Miami. I was very surprised by a lot of the negativity and pessimism of Miami fans about De'Eric King coming back. Because De'Eric King, obviously I I remember that 500-some yard performance he put up. I don't remember who they were playing. But, man, he he had some really, really good performances. And and I didn't watch every Miami game, so I don't know. And you Miami fans can can attest to this and, and let me know educate me a little bit. I don't know how he looked every game, but I know there were some games where he performed like a Heisman candidate, 100%, and to the point where I was like, he's got to be in the Heisman race. Like, is he? Like, I don't know. Obviously, he isn't now because we've got our four finalists, but I, that's what I kind of thought. And so, I mean, I think it's great for Miami because I think a big reason, and this is just my opinion, my uh, my point of view the big reason why I think Miami was in the position that they were in this year, you know, one of the top teams in the ACC, mostly the third team behind Notre Dame and Clemson this year, even though I believe Carolina has stole that role, clearly. Um, I got to say, my, I mean, because Miami sat at number 10 most of the year. I got to say, I think that De'Eric King is a big reason why they were in that position to begin with. For most of the year, it sure as hell wasn't for their defense because I got to say, I don't, th- and it's kind of interesting because it's a thing that Miami's been known for in me in recent memory is their defense because, you know, the turnover chain and all that. They didn't have a very elite defense this year. They just didn't. I mean, when you look at the amount of points that they gave up against the teams that they played, they didn't have an elite defense. God knows they didn't, which I mean, again, Carolina's got a very explosive offense. I think we can all agree on that at this point, but you can't consider yourself not even, you can't consider yourself an elite defense and give up 62 or whatever, however many points it was against Carolina, even though they are explosive, you can't consider yourself an elite defense and allow that to happen. Same thing happened 40 some or 30 or 40 some points, whatever it was when Clemson blew you out in death Valley, the two two of the chances you had against elite ranked opponents, Clemson, UNC, you gave up lopsided amounts of points to your little amount of points. Like you, you can't consider yourself an elite defense and allow that to happen. So moral of the story was that ain't, an, that's not on Derek King. That's on the defensive coordinator. That's on the players. That's not on Derek King. So to me, the best thing possible is Derek King coming back. And I think because in my opinion, you know, obviously Clemson's going to be back because DJ Ugalele's showed he's very good, and obviously Clemson's going to continue to add players around him. So they're going to be just fine. Um, maybe not to the level they were with Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, very elite and kind of elite, whatever. Potato, potato. 
Uh, don't know what Notre Dame's going to be bringing back. We'll get to them a little later. Um, Carolina is going to be stacked. They're going to, you know, they're returning a lot of players from this year. Obviously, Sam Howell. Obviously, some dude named Matt Brown that they just found on the street. Um, defense, if Carolina could form some type of defense, they will be in the in the they will be in the conversation or just right there on the surface with the elite teams in the ACC and not just the ACC the country because I got news for you if Carolina goes out and beats or is pretty competitive with Texas A&M one of the teams that was right on the verge on the bubble of getting into the top 4 of the college football playoff they will easily be a top you know if they win it's 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 a foregone conclusion but if they're close and competitive with Texas A&M throughout that game, and even if they lose, they are easily a top-10 team at the beginning of next year, you know, when the polls start coming out. So that's – Carolina's going to – and you and it, my point is, you give Carolina some form of a defense with that explosive offense that they're going to have again and probably hopefully better than this year, which is insane to think about because they average about 40 points a game. Carolina is going to be right up there in the conversation with the elite teams in the country. And one of the things that I talked about on uh, Monday show, because we didn't have a show on Friday for Christmas a week ago was, I don't know what Miami's going to look like. And, you know, I, I, I actually learned live on air because uh, one of our regular viewers, Spartan Barton, he commented and said that D Eric King could come back if he wanted to. And he has elected to do so since then. If that happens, if you could build around him and build a defense that could work for him, Miami's in the conversation too, which my point in saying that last week was ACC football ain't going nowhere. Like We had a great year across the board in ACC football. They're going to be right back next year, maybe better, because we'll see what NC State does. So It's exciting time to be an ACC football fan. I just... But the point is, Miami, what does Derek King coming back mean for Miami? It means you're going to be right back in the conversation. I don't know what the pessimism's about. I don't know. And obviously, Miami fans are going to know better than I. But just me observing, I don't know how Derek King has anything to do with you not having a good season next year. I just, I don't get it. So, if anything, it's probably exactly what you needed to stay in the hunt. So, um, so, since we've last had a show, they announced uh, players of the year in the ACC, players, coaches, and awards of the year in the ACC. Um, a lot of Clemson players, a lot of Notre Dame players, rightfully so. Um, and then the coach of the year was Coach Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame, which... Got a lot of pushback. You know what? I'm so, I'm just I'm gonna I've got some words for Notre Dame by the end of the show today. I got I got something I want to address it, specifically with Coach Kelly and what he said. Not you know this re, last couple of days, but I will say this: I'm so over, and I've said this a couple of times, so I'm not gonna harp on it very much. I'm so over people hating on Notre Dame because they're not in the ACC. 
They haven't been in the ACC for or any conference in over a century. You might want to get used to it by now. Just maybe. Like, you know what the problem actually was about Notre Dame? To everybody that's hating on them in the comments section of everything, every any post that is positive or showing how good Notre Dame was this year or what have you, all you have to do is go into the comments section and you could, you're just going to see the, the roasting and the comments and the pessimism and the negativity spewed towards Notre Dame, usually about, oh, they're not in the ACC, get them out, they shouldn't win anything. That's just a fancy way of saying, I'm upset because they were better than I. They were better than my team. They beat the crap out of my team and most teams everywhere. That's what I'm actually upset about. And because they're not technically in the ACC, that bothers me. Because I got a funny feeling. And again, I've said this before, so I'm not going to harp on it very much right now. But I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over you people hating on Notre Dame. I'm over it. They're a very good football team with very good football players, with a very good football coach. And they were rewarded as such. And all you've got is, they're not in the ACC. Get them out of here. They shouldn't win that. That's not. They beat you. If you don't like it, beat them. (laughs) Because I promise you, I would take it to the bank. I'm I'm getting on my... uh, my banking app right now, take it to the bank. If Notre Dame was in the same position as Duke, as Syracuse, as FSU. No. Siri was trying to get it on the cover. See, even Siri gets it. She even agrees. I got a funny feeling that if Notre Dame just sucked, they were no good. They were no threat to anybody. They were at the bottom. Again, Duke, Syracuse, FSU, Louisville. If they were just UVA, if they were at the bottom of the ACC, no threat to, no threat to anybody. I got a funny feeling. We wouldn't hear a peep out of you people that are saying, oh, they're not in the ACC. Get us, uh, uh. Got a funny feeling we wouldn't be hearing that at all. Just, just the thought. So now that that's done with the, the reason I was going down that road about coach Kelly, Notre Dame, coach Kelly won ACC coach of the year. It's a good coach. He's worthy of winning that award. However, and it's hard for me to say this, again, you can't see it very well because of the glare of my light in here, Carolina fan, Tar Heels, Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, hockey shirt in the closet there, Hornets, bobblehead, Carolina, I'm a Carolina fan, the good Carolina teams, aka not Duke or NC State. Um, 
I got to say, I think Dave Doran, head coach of NC State, had a damn good case for ACC Coach of the Year. I mean, a damn good case. And it's not to take anything away from Coach Kelly. It's just because obviously he did he did a great job. Now he's got to finish it, and that's what we're going to get to here in a little bit. But when you look at the circumstances that NC State dealt with this year, and this should hold some weight with you because this is coming from a Tar Heel fan who just got upset by NC State in basketball, which never happens. And anytime it does, or would, and it has, we hear nothing but that from NC State fans constantly. And it's a nuisance because they're not relevant. They just won a game. Congrats. We'll we'll see when you're watching us on TV in March Madness. All right. This is coming from a Carolina fan. The circumstances that NC State had to deal with this year, that Coach Doran had to deal with. And again, I covered a lot of NC State basketball and football last year when I interned for an ACC radio show in Raleigh. So I was at a lot of the games, you know, kind of up close and personal, press conferences, the whole nine. So I was kind of around it a little bit. And so I saw NC State was in a bad situation last year in football. You know, and you guys know this. You Pack fans know this. Might not want to always admit it because you can be delusional, but you know this deep down. I was curious, and I've, I've, I've talked about this several times on the show. I was curious, is Dave Dorn going to get fired after last year? I don't remember what the record was, but it wasn't good. It was a lot to a little. Um, I was curious. I was like, is he going to get fired? Now, obviously, he ended up getting another opportunity, but I and most people would, that knew anything about it would assume, all right, that's it. He's going to get one more shot because of success that he has had in the past, which is valid. This is his shot. I mean, this is he's got one more shot. It's what I personally think is happening with Coach Fuente over at Virginia Tech. He's going to get, I, th- I mean, his, his contract runs through 2024, but I think he's going to get one more shot next year. And if some things or nothing changes or God forbid it gets worse, which knowing Virginia Tech, it very well could, they might buy him out, especially once we get out of COVID and it's much more practical if, Spending $12 million to buy somebody out of a four-year contract or however long it is is practical. As practical as it can be, you know, when you've got donors and people starting uh, funds to potentially help buy him out, you got a problem. But I think he gets one more year. So that's what happened with Coach Doran, I felt. I mean, there wasn't no way he was going to have a year similar to last year and keep his job. No shot. You wouldn't, nope, you wouldn't think so anyway. So, they start the year, and they upset Pitt when Pitt was ranked, before Pitt kind of went down. They, after several weeks of the season, became ranked for the first time, first time since 2018. They broke into the top 25, ranked 
25. They were the last team in, but they were ranked in the top 25 after being unranked again for a couple of years. And then, you know, then this is where it gets interesting is the very game that they won to get ranked. I forget who they played. It was somebody good, notable of getting into the top 25. And then on top of everything they had already done, they become ranked, but at a price because they lost Devin Leary, who was their starting quarterback and a big reason and a big part of the success that they were starting to have early in the season. He was nothing special, completed like 59 or so percent of his passes, just below 60. But he was solid, a good game manager, and a good general and leader on the field, which is important. Like I said, a big reason why they were having the success that they were having. So he goes down, and I just naturally assumed, because this is what the the situation was all year last year, is... We don't know. They don't know who their quarterback is going to be from week to week. It's just a constant rotation to try and figure something out. AKA, we don't have a quarterback, not a starting quarterback anyway. And I just expected as soon as Devin Leary went out, I expected it to go right back to that. And it kind of did show some some resemblance of that at at first. But then they found their way. Hockman started playing a little better. The team kept going, and damn it if they didn't find their way back into the top 25. Obviously, care of Carolina because we beat the crap out of them right after all that went down, after Leary went down the very next week, after they lost their quarterback, became ranked. We beat the crap out of them in Chapel Hill, I believe. or I don't, I don't remember who was the home team, but we beat the crap out of them. And they got immediately knocked right out of the top 25, care of the Tar Heels. You're welcome. <clears throat> But slowly but surely, they climbed their way back in and found their way back into the top 25, this time 23, a little higher than the first time than when they were just the last team in, 25. And then they stayed steady at 23 week after week after week to finish the season. They've got themselves a bowl game. I forget what it's called and who they're going up against. I've got it on my phone somewhere. But they are one of the five ACC teams with a bowl game. Carolina, Clemson, Notre Dame, NC State, Wake Forest. And they finished on a very strong note, again, in the top 25 of the college football playoff, ranked 23. That's how they finished the season. And they I forget what they're finished. I think they finished either – I think they were fifth. I think it went Notre Dame, Clemson, Carolina, Miami, then State uh, in the ACC rankings – that's, I think, off the top of my head. I mean, they did a heck of – he did a heck of a job this year. So to the moral to end the story, to go through all that, everything last year, potentially could have lost your job last year. You kept it just based on what you've done in the past. They gave you enough benefit of the doubt. Like, all right, you got one more shot. But even that one more shot, I mean, you're under some pressure. It's like, I got a performer, I'm out. And you know it, and everybody knows it. To deal with that, climb your way into the top 25, but the game that you get yourself into the top 25, you lose the quarterback that's helped you get into the top 25, you immediately get booted out, and then you gradually start to climb and claw your way back in that now you're even ranked higher at 23 than you were the first time. 
and you stay there for a good several weeks to finish the season in the college football playoff at 23, you get a bowl game. That's a success story. I don't, I don't care how you slice it. That's a success story. And that is a Carolina fans case for Dave Doran, head coach of NC state to be the ACC coach of the year over coach Kelly of Notre Dame. So that was difficult. Need some water after that. Ooh, good lemon in there. Um, so real quick, we're about to get to the Heisman race. The, we've got the finalist, Trevor Lawrence, Trask of Florida, Mac Jones, and Devontae Smith, both of Alabama. One's a quarterback, one's a receiver. We've got our finalists, and then obviously – We've got some bowl games coming up. I, I would like to, now that I've given Notre Dame some props, you know, defending them from people who just want to bitch about them not being in the ACC uh, just because you can't beat them and they're better than you are by a good amount. Now I've got to get a little more critical about Notre Dame, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, and that's how we'll end the show, uh, I would like to mention real quick because they support us, so we gotta, you know, gotta support them as well. Our sponsor, American Betting Experts, they sponsor ACC Tailgate and all of our other shows here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, they're one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S., and we've teamed with them to provide you guys a special gaming offer. And here's what you do. Uh, you go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's in the upper right side of the page, and you're going to pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, such as Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You'll sign up, instantly receive an account, deposit, match, or risk-free bet. It goes from $100 all the way to $1,000. And it is literally that easy. So, again, go to LandryFootball.com. Maybe subscribe. Maybe. Uh, and then, again, you just click on that. Uh, ad in the upper right side of the page, get in that action uh, and that special offer from American betting experts. So real quick, a little dramatic there. Uh, So the Heisman race, like I said, we've got our four finalists. They were announced several days ago. Trevor Lawrence, Trask out of Florida, Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, and then Devontae Smith, star receiver from Alabama. And to me, I'm just going to lay it out like this. I'm kind of struggling. For me personally, it's between Trevor Lawrence and Trask out of Florida. That It's between those two. Now, I will say this. Before... The ACC title game, Clemson-Notre Dame, where Trevor Lawrence was just outstanding. Going into that game, I would have had Trask as my favorite to win the Heisman. But, man, Lawrence just... I I think this is the best way to sum it up. You know how... And I talked about this some on last our last show. The MVP can get a little tricky because it's like... You know, you've got 
the MVP voting can get tricky because you've got, you know, players. You know, uh, when you when you've got you know your uh, contestants for the MVP award, you've got those players that are just one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. Everybody and their mother knows it, and they're playing as such. And then you've got your players that are just killing it, crushing it, and you know, and it's actually what I think is the definition of value. You know, if you take the, and it's kind of cliche because we talk about it so much in sports, it's if you took that player off of that team, how do they look? How do they fare? Are they able to compete, contest? I mean, what? how does it look? And I got to tell you, like, to me, that is, I'll just be honest with you. I haven't staked in the ground decided between Trevor Lawrence and Trask who I think should and will win the Heisman. But I do have, I guess, my opinions on why each one would win the Heisman. To me, Trask is that player, that Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you will, who just won the NBA MVP for a second straight year. What a reference there. To me, he is the player that's just played the best complete season. And if you took him off of Florida, I don't think it looks the same. I just don't. Playing the SEC, no real running game at Florida this year from what I can see. And he's got 11 more touchdowns than one of the other uh, uh, contenders for the Heisman, Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback. He's got 11 more touchdowns. I don't know. I just I feel like he's played the most complete season and he is that player that is the definition of the most valuable. If you took him off of Florida, I think it'd be a much different story. I just that's just how I feel about it. On the Trevor Lawrence side of things, on the other hand, to me he's the LeBron James. He's the player that he is the play, best player. He's been the best player. He's playing like the best player right now. He did miss some time, and so a lot of people kind of factored that into the equation between Trask and Trevor Lawrence. You know, Trask played the full, basically the full season at that level, and Trevor Lawrence, when he's played, has mostly been at that uh, MVP Heisman level, but he did miss some time. But I would say he showed a lot of his value, like, and that's why I think against Notre Dame, he showed a lot of value just what he brings to the table. Now, it goes both ways with that because while he did show just how really good he is all the time, obviously, but specifically against Notre Dame, for me, it really shined. Some would argue that even though Notre Dame completely crushed, or excuse me, Clemson completely crushed Notre Dame in the ACC title game, while obviously Notre Dame won that matchup the first time around in the regular season in double overtime, I think it was. You've got some that would argue that Trevor Lawrence didn't make that big of a difference against Notre Dame in the ACC title game, and here's the argument for that. When you look at the score the first time around, Notre Dame-Clemson, when you look at that score, score was 40-47, Notre Dame won it, it was a shootout, High-scoring game. 
DJ Ugalele, the backup for Clemson, who played in place of Trevor Lawrence for a few weeks, in that game had 439 yards and two touchdowns. Incredible numbers. And again, you know, even though they lost, they dropped 40 points. Notre Dame dropped 47 and won the game. The second time around in the ACC title game, the final was 34 to 10. Six points less than Clemson scored without Trevor Lawrence. So while you could complete eyeball tests, see what a difference Trevor Lawrence made in the ACC title game against Notre Dame, if you want to just go straight numbers and score, Trevor Lawrence really didn't make that big of a difference. In fact, they scored six points less. And obviously, I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence made you worse. It's not what I'm saying. But if you wanted to make an argument for why Trask could win this award and Trevor Lawrence shouldn't get it just based on what he did against Notre Dame, this would be the argument you would use because they scored six points less against Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence on the field. What ultimately could have made the difference, and it definitely did, to, it was an element of this, no doubting that, Clemson was missing several key defensive players in that first game against Notre Dame. Several. I don't remember what the exact number, like three key players, I think. Notre Dame dropped 47 in that matchup. I get it, it was double overtime, but point is, it was like 30-some in regulation or whatever it was. While in the ACC title game, when you got defensive players back, Notre Dame only scored 10. See what I'm getting at here? So you could factor in Trevor Lawrence, but you got to factor in the defensive players. So I don't know. I mean, those are some different ways of looking at why each player should or should not maybe get the award. Final word for me is I think Trask, if you want to go with the legitimate, pure, most valuable player, most complete, really good season, it's Trask out of Florida. But I'm having trouble seeing a scenario where, just because of how things work, that Trevor Lawrence doesn't win the Heisman. I, I don't know. I just... I'm just having trouble seeing it just because he's never he's never won it. And it's like, I don't know, like, that's obviously no reason to give it to him because you hadn't won it before. But I don't know. I mean, if you just want to go with who's the overall, we all know it, best player, regardless of how much time he might have missed, you got to give it to Trevor Lawrence. So that's just my thoughts on that. And let me finish up with this. Um, getting back to Notre Dame. So, uh, I don't know where the comments were made or when or what, but it was a few days ago or whatever. Coach Kelly uh, of Notre Dame, he basically said, he said that Notre Dame has nothing to prove. They, they, they got nothing to prove in this college football playoff that's coming up. Uh, they got nothing to prove against Alabama in the in the semi and then beyond if they beat were to beat Alabama. Got nothing to prove. And to me, 
That's just not true. It's not. Notre Dame has everything to prove. Because you got on, based on everything we've talked about, it's like you've got all the naysayers talking about, oh, you're not in the ACC, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But that that's just kind of noise to me. The actual legitimate arguments against Notre Dame right now are you got crushed. And I get it, it's one game, and you've got a win against Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. You've got an undefeated record in the regular season, 10-0. But you got crushed in the ACC title game when Clemson got Trevor Lawrence back. You got a lot to prove. You got a lot to prove over the next few weeks in the semi against Alabama. And if you win that in the title game against either uh, Clemson or Ohio State, most likely Clemson again. How can you say you got nothing to prove? You got everything to prove. You've got to prove that you're legit. You've got to prove that you weren't just a regular season team. You've got to prove that you can finish the deal. And by the way, I'm rooting for this. This is not me shitting on Notre Dame. This is me. I hope mainly in a big in big part because they are such an underdog and I like underdogs and big part because so many people are talking trash about Notre Dame, which if Notre Dame would have win this whole thing, which it doesn't matter what they say because they won. God, I couldn't even imagine what people would say then. But it's like, I'm rooting for for Notre Dame to go all the way. I really am. I would love to see that play out. I would love to see them beat Alabama, and I would love to see them get redemption against Clemson. That's just me personally because I would like that story. But you got everything. to. I mean, just take a look. So this year, they finished 10-0, first in the ACC, beat Clemson the first time around. They've got a Heisman, even though he's not one of the finalists, in my opinion, just based on eyeball test, he's a Heisman-caliber quarterback in Ian Book. I think you've got an NFL-caliber head coach in Coach Kelly um, who said that they don't have anything to prove. But I do think there's probably going to be some conversation about, you know, is he going to move to the NFL? And maybe not after this year, but you know, at some point, he's going to have interest in the NFL. That's just how this works. Um, but you got blown out in the ACC title game by Clemson when they got Trevor Lawrence back. And no matter how good you played against a Clemson team that even without Trevor Lawrence played very well the first time around, that whole storyline of Trevor Lawrence coming back and kicking your ass, it matters it, 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 to a degree. But it, it does. It, it matters because it's what people are going to remember. You can't go out and get blown out by Alabama, and that's how you finish. But yet you said you ain't got nothing to prove. Uh -uh. And we can go back further. 2019, last year, finished 10-2, and won the Camping World Bowl against Iowa State, unranked Iowa State. Congrats. 2018, they went undefeated. They lost it when it mattered in the Cotton Bowl against number two Clemson. 2017, 9-3, and three, beat LSU in the Citrus Bowl. They weren't ranked. LSU wasn't ranked. Okay, whoop-de-doo. Uh, 2016, 4-8, not such a good season, no bowl. 2015, 10-2, pretty darn good record. Lost in a pretty big bowl, Fiesta Bowl, against number 7, Ohio State. Nothing to prove. Really. 
because I can go back all the way and I could go, probably go back further. I don't, and again, I actually don't know how long that Coach Kelly has been at Notre Dame, but just Notre Dame in general, football. Over the last six years, going back to 2015, you know, you've had, except for uh, 2016 when you went four and eight and didn't make a bowl, you've had very good regular seasons for the most part. 2017 was a little iffy, you went nine and three, but 2015, 10 and two. 2018 undefeated, 2019 10 and 2, this year undefeated. You've been a very good regular season team. Coach Kelly even said it in this interview, I believe, that they've been right there, which was part of his reasoning for them not having anything to prove because they've been right there. No, you don't have anything to prove if you're as a regular season team. We know you got that, but you got everything to prove as far as you finishing the job this time around and actually winning something that matters. And you've already flopped in the ACC title game this year, which ain't good. So don't tell me that Notre Dame doesn't have anything to prove. Notre Dame has everything to prove. And that's that. They got to finish the job. So that's going to do it on a Monday. This was a very fun show. One of the funner ones I've done in a while. I enjoyed that. Uh, we'll be back Friday, seven o'clock Eastern time. Uh, until then you guys have a great rest of your week. Again, this is ACC tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, AKA Wilbur and gold. You can hit me up, uh, at my uh, Wilbur and gold. That's my handle. You can hit me up on all social media. I'm there. Love to get to know all of you continue to build this incredible community here on, uh, Chris Landry football. Go check out all our other shows. We've got it all the Power 5 conferences, we've got NFL, we've got Fantasy, we've got it all. Um, check us out. We'd love to have you. Uh, and also, big thanks to American Betting Experts uh, for sponsoring us here. We really appreciate you guys as well. Uh, and, and most of all, of course, we appreciate you guys watching the show because without you guys, there would be no show to put on. So uh, on that note, that's going to do it for ACC Tailgate on a Monday. You guys have a great rest of your week. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Will Bringle. We'll see you next time, Friday at 7 o'clock. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.